This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So a common piece of advice when learning jazz, becoming a better improviser, learning songs, is you should do it by learning it by ear rather than reading sheet music. And there are a plethora of reasons why teachers will say this is a good idea. However, for someone who is new to this idea or who was trained to read music or use tablature, This could be a very scary, foreign, and frustrating concept. So in today's episode, I want to go over 10 tips that I regularly share with my Inner Circle members for how to learn music by ear. Buckle up, let's do this thing. All right, my friends, what's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited to be here to teach and help you become a better musician in general because today's episode about learning music by ear isn't just good for jazz. It's really good for any kind of music that you might want to learn or get into just to kind of go over a little bit deeper about what I was talking about in the intro. Sometimes I'll have new members come into our inner circle membership who have never learned music by ear before. And when they get introduced into our program, one of the first courses that we suggest to our members has you start learning music by ear. And of course, there's a methodology, which I'll share a little bit about in one of the tips here in just a second that we use for learning music by ear. But still, it can be a challenge for someone who's never done it before. And so these tips I regularly give to our members to try to help them. And the astonishing and exciting thing really is that after about a month or two of doing some of these things that I'm talking about in this episode today and learning music by ear, pretty much the vast majority of everybody reports back and says, wow, it is so much easier to learn music by ear. And they're pretty elated and pretty excited about that fact because truly going from not really being able to learn music by ear to actually being able to do it is actually a monumental shift in your musicianship. And so it's really important that we understand best practices for doing this. Otherwise, you might be spinning your wheels a lot and getting frustrated with the process. And that's not something that we we want you to feel. Quickly, before we go over the 10 tips, why is it suggested often to learn music by ear in the jazz world. You may have heard jazz teachers say that. You may have heard uh, on YouTube channels or podcasts about jazz that that is a good idea. Learn jazz solos by ear. Learn jazz melodies by ear. Uh, Some will even say learn the chords by ear. The reason why that is common advice that is given is because, A, historically speaking, 
jazz is been an hourly learned music. It's not really been institutionalized uh, since per, per, perhaps, uh, you know, I don't have exact dates for you, but 70s or 80s, right? Where it really starts becoming institutionalized and, you know, music books are starting to be created about jazz and jazz theory. And, you know, there's the fake books that illegally came out at first and then later on the more legal versions of the real book. And all that stuff kind of really came after what we'll call the glory days of jazz, like the early jazz period, the swing era, the... Um, the bebop era and and the post-bop era, right? All, all the time, the musicians are going to jam sessions and they're learning from each other and they're listening to records and, you know, wearing out their records, listening back and forth and trying to learn and figure out what the notes are. That's just kind of the tradition of the music. But the second and probably the most important reason why people give this advice is that jazz is, of course, foundational with improvisation, right? When people think of jazz, they think about improvisation and taking solos, and that's what attracts most people to the genre of jazz, right? Yes, the melodies, yes, the chords, but a lot of times, especially if you're a musician, right? You're like, wow, these jazz guys, they can really play their instruments and do cool things, and they're just improvising all this stuff. I wish I could do that too. And the best muscle that you can exercise for improvisation and getting good at this skill is truly your ear, now, it's not the only thing. I've talked about that a lot on this podcast before, kind of the different different elements that make up jazz improvisation. I often talk about muscle memory and what you hear in your head being the two main core components, right? But nevertheless, the better your ear is, the more you learn music by ear, the better that you're going to be able to have some of those skills that are important to improvisation. Okay, with that out of the way and this understanding why we're even talking about this in the first place, why you would even want to get good at learning music by ear, let's start going over the 10 tips for learning music by ear. Tip number one is to start small. Tip number one is to start small. Now, when I'm giving these tips, I'm mostly going to be giving them as if I was speaking to a completely beginner musician at at learning music by ear. Now, you could be a really advanced musician that, who's great at music, learning music, maybe you're classically trained, but you're really a beginner at learning music by ear. And even if that's not you, right, these tips are definitely going to help you. So number one is start small. When you're first starting out learning music by ear, a mistake that can be made is let's learn this entire piece by ear. Let's learn this entire melody by ear. Let's learn this entire solo by ear, right? And what happens is when you're not used to doing a skill, you get frustrated very fast. And so what's a better strategy is to really just start with just a little bit of music. And when I say a little bit of music, I mean two bars of music could be a great starting place or oftentimes I'll suggest four bars of music, right? And you could do this as in like, that's your main entire goal. Your entire project is to learn by ear four bars of music, or it could be what I like to call batching when we practice, which is perhaps the goal is to learn a whole melody of, for example, a jazz standard by ear, but you're going to start doing that with just four bars at a time. And that's in fact, exactly what we instruct our new inner circle members to do in our introduction course when, when folks first join our membership. It, we really believe in that, like just small batches of information 
even, by the way, if you are really good at learning music by ear, there's something about just doing things in small batches and building on them that helps the learning process and helps you not get overwhelmed, helps you not get too frustrated. And this is super important if you're new to this skill because it might take you a long time even just to learn two bars by ear if you've never done it before, okay? So start small and be completely okay with that. That leads me to tip number two, which is adjust your expectations. Tip number two is to adjust your expectations. As I was talking about, you might expect that I want to learn this melody of this jazz standard completely by ear, or maybe you might be overly ambitious and go, I want to learn the chords of this jazz standard by ear. Learning, by the way, chords by ear is what I would consider to be a little bit more of an advanced skill than learning single note lines or melodies by ear. So when we have these big expectations or that, you know, within, you know, one month, I'm going to be this good at learning stuff by ear, or in two months, I'm going to be this good at learning stuff by ear, right? We need to adjust our expectations. And, and that's why, again, in tip number one, we talk about starting small. That's adjusting our expectations to be like, hey, let's take baby steps. Let's have a beginner's mind. You might not be a beginner musician by any means, right? But let's develop this beginner's mind and adjust our expectations for how good we're going to be at learning things by ear or how quickly we're going to get better at ear training. Now, the thing that I really, again, want to impress upon you is I have clear data from our very own members, people that actually go through processes of learning music by ear who start out not really being good at it at all or having possibly never even done it to even 30 days later of actually doing it reporting back like this is going faster, this is easier, and they're pretty excited about it. So if we just adjust our expectations a little bit, that means we're not going to get so frustrated with the process in the beginning. And I always talk about on this podcast that frustration and loss of motivation is what I call the killer of long-term progress in music or in jazz. As soon as you lose your motivation, which can be triggered by frustration, right? That's when you start killing these dreams that you had of playing amazing jazz solos. So we need to always be adjusting our expectations about how great our jazz solos sound, about how good I am at learning things by ear. Really, tip number two is just a really great lesson for all of us, right? Um, Looking at learning music and getting good at skills that we're not good at musically as stepping stones And that we're just trying to improve by 1% every single practice session, not 10%, not 50%, not 100%, just 1%. And that compounding effect of 1% improvement every single time is astonishing. Uh, We actually had one of our members do the math on this concept. uh, And I don't remember what all the math was, but it, it it turns out that the compound effect is if you're thinking about like compounding interest, right, is remarkable if we're talking about this idea of improving by 1%. And so that's tip number two, adjust your expectations. Tip number three is check your work with notation, at least at first, okay? So check your work with notation, at least at first, I literally had um, a member reach out to me this last week talking about how, you know, I'm really good at reading this, this, this learning things by ear thing is, is a bit new for me. Um, 
what are some of your tips? And one of the tips that I gave was, hey, you're a great reader and it's taken you some some good, decent effort to learn a little bit of music by ear, which means that they're starting from the very beginning, which is totally okay. But what I recommended is do, it's not an all or nothing approach. Do, do a combined, like I'm good at reading, great. Let's use that as a tool. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, look at those two bars, right? And and just see how close we can get to, to getting those by ear. Put in some time and effort, remembering that even if you're not getting all the notes correct what you, or the rhythms, right? You are exercising that muscle that is just too weak right now to really hold its own, right? We need to keep lifting those weights in order for it to support itself. So do the work and then get a piece of sheet music and look at the notation. Of course, remembering that the notation isn't always right, depending on what source you're getting it from. However, that notation can be a little bit of a guide. Oh, I got that note wrong. I got this note right. I got these notes right. I got these rhythms right. I didn't get that rhythm right. Okay, so feel empowered, feel like you are able to use notation. It's not, in my opinion, I don't believe in an all or nothing approach to music. I believe that there are best practices for learning and playing jazz, which is what I talk about on this podcast, right? But I also believe that everybody learns differently and everybody comes to the table with their own musical skills. And we need to be drawing on all of those and using those to our advantage. So that's number three, check your work with notation at first and don't feel bad about it. Tip number four, and this is a big one, use a slow downer. Tip number four is use a slow downer. What is a slow downer? A slow downer is a modern piece of software or an app that essentially slows down really any audio file that you give it without changing the pitch, okay? So you could slow something down to 50% and the pitch is going to remain the same of the notes of the music, of the actual original audio. You could also speed it up as well, right? So you could speed it up by 50% and the pitch is going to stay the same. Now, did the jazz greats have slowdowners? No, they did not. Does that mean that we shouldn't use them? Absolutely not. We should definitely use these things to our advantage. And oftentimes, I will suggest slowdowners to our members and they'll be like, that was a really good idea and I was able to get those notes so much faster. And guess what? Over time, depending on what the melody is and how fast it is and if it's really angular and beboppy, you will slowly but surely not really need to use a slow downer anymore or at least not use it as much. Not that that's the goal because really the goal is just to, to learn things by ear when possible or when you have the time to do it. It's not to, you know, instantly hear anything and be able to play it. That could be the ultimate goal. But that's not necessarily, again, going back to tip number two, adjusting your expectations. That's not what you need to do right now. What you need to do right now is make things a little bit easier for yourself so that you can complete the task in a more timely manner, which will, again, thwart off frustration, which, again, will thwart off demotivation. So number four is use a slowdowner. What are some slowdowners? Amazing Slowdowner is a software that you can use. Song Master is a software that does more than just slowing down, but you can use that. The free and most easy one is YouTube. So while it's not as dynamic, like you can't get it down to like 49% or 48%, what you can do is 
click that settings dial on the video. So look up any song name that you're working on. It Maybe it's a melody of all the things you are. Go to the video of which you're listening to the song, click that settings dial, and you'll see that you can slow down the tempo of the video. You can slow down the video by intervals, I believe 75%, 50%, so on, and speed it up as well. So use that tool if you want to use YouTube as the way that you do this. So those are a few resources and there are more, but those will work for you. So that's tip number four, use a slowdowner. Tip number five is learn more tunes, learn more songs, learn more jazz standards. That's what learn jazz standards our company is all about. That's what our inner circle membership is all about. The main thing that we do in there is we learn one new jazz song a month. And why do we do that? Well, because the more tunes you learn, the better you get at playing jazz songs. (laughs) The more you recognize chord progressions, the more you learn melodies by ear, the more you hear patterns in jazz, the more you get to practice common chord progressions and improvising over them so that when you see the next song has the same kinds of chord progressions, you're actually already getting pretty good at playing those chord progressions. And the same is true for learning music by ear, especially when it comes to learning jazz standards by ear. Because the more that you learn the melody of jazz standards by ear, not only are you just, yes, basically getting better at ear training, right? But you're also hearing patterns that emerge all the time, right? Especially like if you start going down the path of like learning solos by ear or parts of solos by ear or licks by ear from a particular artist, for example, Sonny Rollins, right? So if you start learning Sonny Rollins stuff, you're going to start hearing isms of Sonny Rollins, things that Sonny Rollins does all the time over top of dominant seventh chords resolving to major one chords. And you're going to hear those patterns. You're going to get the muscle memory attached with that on your instrument. And then it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier, right? And the same, by the way, goes with chord progressions or learning chords by ear. I mentioned earlier that learning chords by ear is kind of more of an advanced task. And we'll talk in a second about one way to go about the granular level of doing that, right? Recognizing chords and stuff like that. But ultimately, the easiest way to get good at hearing a song and just knowing immediately what the chord progressions are is to learn more tunes. And then just make sure that you can put a label to what you're hearing. So for example, If you're learning the tune Autumn Leaves, a very common jazz standard, right? You'll go through this process and you'll learn maybe a a little bit of basic theory. Let's just assume that you don't know any basic theory and how chord progressions work. But let's say you're one of our inner circle members and you'll learn this tune and you'll learn what a 2-5-1 is. And you'll learn that a 2-5-1 chord progression, those are like the only chord progressions in Autumn Leaves. There's one in a major key and there's one in a minor key, right? And what happens is you hear that chord progression over and over and over again and in different keys as well as you learn other jazz standards where the key doesn't matter anymore what you can really just hear is the the harmonic movement 
And again, that may, maybe to, to you, that may or may not sound crazy. Like that may or may not sound like I don't believe you. There's some of you are listening. You're like, yeah, that's absolutely true. The more you learn jazz songs, the more you hear what a two five one sounds like. Uh, it's one six two five, a one three six two five. You hear those patterns, especially if you analyze them and put Roman numerals to them, which is something that we definitely do uh, in our inner circle, right? So when you do that over and over and over and over again, your ear picks it up. It's not that you're thinking like, oh, that's what the sound of a C minor seven. That's the sound of an F seven. That's the sound of a B flat major seven. You're not really thinking that what you're really just going is like you're hearing it and you're going that's a two five one chord regression you might not know what key it's in yet but that can easily be figured out right that's that's not that hard to figure out ultimately it might take you uh one minute two minutes if you're very new to learning things by year five minutes to figure out the key for the for the most part if you're able to hear what a two five one chord progression sounds like the chances are you're a little further down the road and you could figure that out within seconds right by just taking your instrument out and trial and error finding the bass note of the key that you're in right or the tonality playing playing the scale the major or minor scale to figure out which tonality it is right the, learn more tunes that's tip number five learn more tunes over and over and over again dive deep into them understand what the, how they work practice improvisation over them that is how you're ultimately going to learn and recognize chord progressions and just get better at learning music by ear. Tip number six, practice melodic dictation. Melodic dictation. What is melodic dictation? Melodic dictation, you can think of it as like the sight reading of ear training. So this is more of like what I would call an ear training technique versus what we've been talking about before which is what I would call applied ear training. So applied ear training is like learning melodies of songs by ear, learning solos by ear. It's called applied ear training because you're just naturally training your ear by doing this task, right? But when we're talking about more of the, the techniques or fundamentals of ear training, that's when we get a little bit more granular. And melodic dictation is like a bridge between the applied ear training and the technical ear training. You'll understand what I mean when we get to tip seven. So tip number six, practice melodic dictation, which again is like the sight reading of ear training. So melodic dictation is when you would have a melody, a short melody played for you. Um, it could be just two bars, right? Not, not nothing very long. It's played for you. It could be happy birthday. It could be twinkle, twinkle, little star. It could be something a little bit more complex, right? You have it played for you and then you immediately try to play it back to the best of your ability and as quickly as possible, figure out what the notes are on your instrument. You might try it a couple different times, but then you'll move on to the next one, right? Just like sight reading, like to get good at, at sight reading, you really, you don't memorize a tune. You don't like keep reading the same piece of sheet music over and over and over again, because then after a while you're developing muscle memory and you're memorizing the parts. If you want to get really good at reading music, you, you get a stack of like 500 pages of sheets and you just go one after another, keep going through them. And basically you're training your brain to make these instant connections with the notation on, on the page. And that's what melodic dictation is instantly hearing melodies and trying to make an immediate connection to your instrument and then not memorizing it, not developing, developing muscle memory over how it feels on your instrument, just moving on to the next one. So you're training that instant, I'm hearing this and putting it to your instrument, which by the way, is the secret sauce to jazz improvisation. It's where muscle memory and what you're hearing in your head meet. So this technique, melodic dictation, 
can be a really helpful one if you're just in general trying to get your ears stronger to make the process of learning music by ear faster. So that's number six, practice melodic dictation. Tip number seven is practice ear training fundamentals. Practice ear training fundamentals. Now, again, this is not applied ear training anymore. This is fundamentals and technical ear training. What are ear training fundamentals? Ear training fundamentals are interval recognition, right? Like for example, if I sing this note, do, and I want to say, sing a major six, I could go, do, da, do, da, right? That's a major six interval ascending, right? That is just being able to hear intervals, right? For example, today, uh, I took my my daughter, my 19-month-year-old daughter, to a music class. We do a lot of classes with her. And one of the little um, sound toys that they brought out for us to play with uh, was a D and an A, right? A D and an A. Well, the interval that I immediately heard when we started playing that was a perfect fifth. And I just knew what that sound was because I've practiced the fundamentals of ear training. The fundamentals of ear training are also chord recognition. So if I hear a major seventh chord, can I hear that it is a major seventh chord versus a dominant seventh chord versus a minor seventh chord, right? Can I sing a major seventh chord arpeggiated? Do, 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 da, right? Can you do those sorts of things? So that's just hearing what chord qualities sound like. And then the third fundamental of ear training is hearing chord progressions. And that goes back to like, yeah, can I hear what a two, five, one sounds like? Can I hear what a one, four, five sounds like? You know, throw in whatever chord progression you want. Great skills to have, right? Like just, just to be able to recognize what these things sound like, what these intervals sound like, really helpful. But again, this is ear training fundamentals. It's not applied ear training. So what I recommend that you spend a vast majority of your time working on ear training fundamentals, personally for jazz, no, I don't. I recommend for certain involving them in your process. I mean, for example, we do have a fundamentals ear training course in our inner circle membership. And we provide that because, yeah, we do believe that that has a place in your musical training, right? That that does have a value, that that will strengthen your ears, that that does give you like these grammar and, you know, it's like the music theory of ear training, right? It's kind of what it is. It gives you that foundation and that understanding, that intellectual side to help strengthen and, and give some backbone to your ears. But would I recommend spending a vast majority of your time doing this? For jazz, not necessarily. I would much rather you spend more time doing the applied ear training stuff, which is learning melodies by ear, learning solos by ear, stuff like that. Okay, tip number eight is mindfully listen to music. Mindfully listen to music. So what do I mean by mindfully listening? Uh, so I'm assuming that, you know, you're listening to a jazz podcast, you probably like listening to jazz, right? So if you like listening to jazz, you might just have it on in the background sometimes and you're not really paying attention to it. And that's fine, completely fine. It's great. You're just enjoying it. But when I'm talking about mindfully listening to it, I mean, you're sort of like giving it your undivided attention 
And you might even be thinking a little bit about it, like, oh, great. So this is the melody. This is the solos. This is the melody again. Can I hear what's going on in the melody, right? Can I hear what's going on in the chords of the form? Can I hear the song form? Um, you know, what kind of, do, do I recognize a technique the soloist is playing? So this is mindfully listening to music. So more critical listening. And while this isn't going to be like, a direct correlation to how well you're able to learn music by ear as far as like, once I mindfully listen to music, will I be able to automatically play it? No, not necessarily. But let's just give an example here. Has you ever been, have you ever been called upon to learn a song? Could have been for a rehearsal, could have been for a jam session, could have been for any reason. And someone told you to learn this song. And so the first thing you did is you got back to your practice room and you immediately put on a recording and started trying to learn it on your instrument, right? Okay, immediately you're sort of setting yourself up for failure there. And we'll talk about this in tip number 10 a little bit further, but this is just kind of getting us started here. You're kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit because if you truly want to learn a piece of music by ear, you should be very intimately familiar with it first. Like technically you should be able to hear it already, right? You should have listened to the melody of that song, the solo, if you're trying to learn a solo, the song in general, so many times that you're very intimately familiar with it. That's why the songs that you're more likely to remember for the long term are the ones that you've both listened to a lot and play a lot. Those are the ones you're familiar with. And so they're going to stick in your long-term memory a lot more than a random song someone told you to learn and you didn't really like the song that much, but you still learned it because you had to for fill in the blank reason, right? So mindfully listen to the music, give time to actually listen to the music, not necessarily, uh, for example, like in our inner circle membership, like I mentioned, we learn one jazz standard a month. And one thing we provide our Spotify and YouTube playlists. And many of our members will be listening to these playlists during the entire month, right? Like they'll immediately start listening to these playlists that have 10 15, sometimes 20 versions of the same song on them. And they're just constantly hearing this same song, different versions sometimes, but the same song over and over and over and over again for roughly 30 days or longer, right? And so that's really giving yourself the ability to get saturated in that song and know it and hear it better. So that's tip number eight, mindfully listen to music. Tip number nine is sing before you play. Nine is sing before you play. This is advice you may have heard before, but you may have heard it in sort of like um, a less than ideal way of explaining it, which is like this cliche of like, if you can sing it, you can play it. And I do not believe that is entirely true. I think maybe it's partially true. Like, for example, if you can sing it, maybe you are 50 to 75% of the way to being able to play it, but you're, you're not going to be totally there yet. But the reason why people say sing before you play, right? Be able to sing it is because all that really does is it confirms that, you know, it confirms that, you know, the music, it confirms that you've internalized it. Think of any song that you've just, you walk around your house, like humming or even singing the melody, that's a song that you've internalized and you can sing it. Even if you're not a good singer or whistler or hummer, right? And you're not able to hit all the pitches perfectly, you're still like with your body verbalizing the music that you can hear in your head. And if you can do that, that means you know it, right? And so then learning by ear 
is so much easier. All you're really doing after that point is translating it to your instrument. Okay. So that's number nine, sing before you play, which the last two tips, eight and nine, perfectly segue into tip number 10, which is super important and probably the most important tip that I'll share with you today for learning music by ear, which is have a process. Tip number 10 is have a process. If you are a friend of the podcast and you've been listening for a while, the process I'm about to share with you will sound very familiar to you, right? Either way, this is a great review. And if you've never heard this process I'm about to share with you before, please drop what you're doing and listen up because this will really help you. And you'll see some of the correlation to multiple of the other tips I've given you throughout this podcast episode so far. A process means that you're not just jumping in and trying to learn this thing by ear without a strategy. A process means you have an actual strategy for learning something by ear. Process is power, right? Process is power. Without processes, right, we are oftentimes frustrating ourselves or overcomplicating something that doesn't need to be so complicated. So here is my four-step process for learning music by ear. This works particularly well for melodies or learning solos, right? And of course, many of the tips can be applied to learning chords as well, but more directly to, to single note lines. So step number one, first of all, it's an acronym and it's called my list process, list process, acronym L-I-S-T. So step number one is L and that stands for listen. Okay. This goes back to tip number eight, mindfully listening. So listen in the listen phase, this could be like what I provide to our inner circle members, which is the, the playlist of like 20 different versions of a song, right? Let's say you're learning Freddie Freeloader by Miles Davis, right? Off of his Kind of Blue album. A lot of people have actually recorded that song. So then you might have a playlist of 10 different versions of that song. And so you'll just have that going, right? That's just, you're just already just listening to that song a lot, getting into it. And that's L, step number one. And now, again, like I mentioned, some of our members do this for 30 days, but in between then, they're learning the melody, they're learning the chords, they're practicing soloing. So the L, listen phase, can kind of continue for a long period of time. You don't have to, there's not, not necessarily like a, you finish doing it and then you move on to the next step. This one just kind of continues. So that's L, listen. The next one is I, internalize, okay? Internalize is like, we're really trying to just get this thing. We're really trying to make sure we know it. And so this is where I suggest if you have a playlist, go down to one version, preferably the original version. So in this case, it'd be Miles Davis's Freddie Freeloader off the Kind of Blue album. And then really as if you're reading a book, as if you're watching a movie or whatever, you're just listening to that song, spending some time as if it was a practice session, listening to that song intently. This is that mindful listening I mentioned in tip number eight. And so you're narrowing down your focus on one version of this song, right? After the L and I phase, it's like, you know this song, right? So step number three is S, which is sing, sing. We were talked about in that in, in, in number nine. So essentially, like, let's just say you're learning the melody to Freddie Freeloader, right? Now, along with the recording, preferably, and possibly without the recording, can you sing, hum, whistle the melody? If it's a bebop melody intricate, you're probably not getting all the notes exactly perfect, but you're getting the essence of it, right? So this is, again, for all the reasons that I mentioned, tip number nine was a good idea. The same thing here, right? We've listened, we've internalized, now we can sing it, okay? And notice how we haven't technically picked up our instrument yet. Okay, the last step in our process is T, 
transfer. Okay, so T for transfer. Transfer means now we transfer what we now know in our head, in our ear, to our instrument. This is obviously a crucial step here because now it's like, hey, we can hear the music. We're very familiar with it. Now we just sort of have to figure out where the notes lie on our instrument and how we actually play it and then get that muscle memory associated with what we hear in our head, right? That's the transfer phase. And this is where you get out your slow downer, right? You could probably learn it by ear just because you can hear it and you can sing it. You could probably play in our instrument, but you should still just take out the recording again and try to figure it out note by note on your instrument and get it. And trust me, it's going to go so much faster because you did the LIS steps than if you didn't do them at all. And you just simply like went straight to trying to learn it on your instrument. Giving this just a little bit of extra time to this, right, is 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 really going to be worthwhile, especially if you are new to learning music by ear, right? So go through with your slowdown or go through the process of note by note, go going back in the recording, stopping it, going back again, getting each note as we go along. Starting small, like we talked about in tip number one, maybe just two bars today, maybe just four bars today. Tomorrow we can review, tomorrow we can learn another four bars so on and so forth. So that's tip number 10 is have a process. Really important. So to review those 10 tips for learning music by ear, tip number one is start small. Number two, adjust your expectations. Number three, check your work with notation at first. Number four, use a slowdowner. Number five, learn more tunes. Number six, practice melodic dictation. Number seven, practice ear training fundamentals. Number eight, mindfully listen to music. Number nine, sing before you play. And number 10, have a process. So my friends, I hope this sets you up for success, whether you are very brand new to learning music by ear or you're, you know, even somewhat intermediate or even good at it. This will help you get better and better and better at it. Like I mentioned, my friends, uh, our inner circle membership is a great place to learn jazz, especially with a community of other musicians playing all sorts of instruments, having a lot of fun as we do it and kind of just getting all the resources that you need handed to you. You don't have to work hard to get all of it to know what to do next. It's just kind of spoon fed to you and you know what to do. So if you're interested in having that help, uh, investing in your, in your playing a little bit, uh, especially as we head into the last quarter of the year 2023 and you may you probably had some musical goals that you started out that you wanted to achieve at the beginning of this year well there's still an opportunity to do that so go to ljsinnercircle.com to learn more about our inner circle membership or you'll find a link in the show notes today uh in the description of the show wherever you listen to podcasts all right so i hope to see you in there Okay, we're going to be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.